Today's episode is sponsored by True Classic. Guys, let's talk about t-shirts. Finding that perfect fitting shirt can be terrible. I swear the thing is either way too tight, has a case of bacon neck, or is just plain big and boxy. Luckily, True Classic wants to make every man look good and feel good. Tighter fit in the chest and sleeves to make your arms pop and room in the torso to keep things cozy. I'm telling you, all of their styles are super soft and at a great price for what you're getting. So guys, there's no excuse. Get rid of those ratty t-shirts I know you've been hanging on to for years and get ready to upgrade. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on a certain body type. Think skinny models with six packs, but most of us aren't packing anything but a few beers and there's nothing wrong with that. My dudes, it's simple. You're wearing the wrong clothes. We have an exclusive deal for our listeners. We want to hook you up with some true classic. For a limited time only, get 25% off with code DOINK at trueclassic.com. That's 25% off with code DOINK at trueclassic.com. The last sponsor of the day is BetterHelp. Hey everyone, you know Brennan and Eric take football very seriously, but there's something we should be taking even more seriously, and that is your mental health. Some people think you should wait until things are unbearable to go to therapy, but that could not be further from the truth. With BetterHelp, you have access to over 20,000 licensed therapists. It's not crisis line, it's not self-help, it's professional therapy done securely online. One of the biggest advantages of BetterHelp is how quickly you can start talking to a licensed professional. If you have looked for a therapist in the area, you can you know it's, it can even take weeks or even months just to find someone that you're comfortable talking to. With BetterHelp, it can take as little as 48 hours and it's easy to change therapists if needed. You deserve to prioritize your mental health this year, so get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash podcast. And we want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. And we're back with another episode of Weekend Wagers. I'm your host, Eric Warner, joining you as always. And I am battling a little bit of a cold this week, so I do ask you to bear with me. I have my handy-dandy green tea beside me here. If you hear a pause, it is more than likely that I'm drinking that to avoid coughing. It was a disappointing week last week, 0-4. Record overall disappointing at 19-28. and so I went back to the drawing board, reviewed some things, try to see where I'm going wrong so far, talked to some people I trust, some gamblers I respect, and we all agreed this has been a wacky NFL season overall. But the common thing among all people I respect was there's more awful coaching this season than anyone can remember. Going forward, I'm going to try and avoid betting on bad coaches. We all know who they are. There's a handful of them in the in this league right now, and I'm done losing money by backing them. And I'm also done with betting totals. This has been the worst year I can remember for me betting totals. I'm I'm just abandoning them, sticking to sides going forward. I feel like my spread picks haven't been terrible, but my totals picks have absolutely been terrible. So sticking with sides going forward, and we're starting with the Seattle Seahawks. Taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Spread is two and a half, favoring the Bucs. Totals 44 and a half here. First ever game in Germany. Should be a good one. I think most people look at the spread and confused that a four win Bucks team is favored over a six win Seattle team. But to be honest, I look at the spread. I'm confused why this spread is less than three. Seahawks have had the third easiest schedule in the league so far, while the Bucs have had the 13th toughest. Seattle has played two defenses in the top half of DVOA rankings this season. Both those games, they have produced a negative EPA. 
Tampa Bay boasts the seventh-ranked DVOA defense, and they're getting stud safety Antoine Winfield Jr. back. This Bucks defense is going to dominate this game, and I think the Bucks offense will have the momentum after a game-winning drive. I do believe that you can have that quote-unquote click once something goes your way, and this Tam- I expect this Tampa Bay offense to get things going versus an overrated Seattle defense whose numbers have been inflated by that joke of an air raid offense that they're running over there in Arizona. Also, a factor here would be time zones. Seattle is a West Coast team playing a 9.30 Eastern kick. That means their body clock, this is a 6.30 a.m. kick. There's only been two teams to go over to Europe from the West Coast. They are 0-2 against the spread. I know it's a small sample size, but it makes sense when you think about their body clocks thinking that this game is a 6.30 a.m. kick. Give me Tampa, minus two and a half. That's the first bet on the card this week. Kansas City Chiefs, nine and a half point favorites going down to Florida, taking on Jacksonville. Total is 51 and a half. We had bad luck last week uh, betting the Chiefs. Chiefs outgained the Titans by 270 yards, and they still needed overtime somehow. But the Chiefs seem to struggle to cover large spreads. They're now 3-5 and five versus spread on the year. But that's not stopping the public. 84% of the money is coming in on Kansas City. That scares me. Travis Etienne has been a problem for defenses since becoming the lead back. So I could see the Jags keeping this one close. Not a great feel on this one overall. I'm passing. The New York Giants, 5.5 point favorites. They're visiting Houston. Total is 41.5. I was surprised to see that Davis Mills is doing very well versus the Blitz this year. 66% completion percentage, five touchdowns to no interceptions. You got to look at the Blitz numbers when you're playing versus Wink Martindale, who blitzes more than anybody in the league. But I can't bet the Texans, just not enough talent. Although Pierce could have a nice game, Giants are 24th versus the run this year. Pierce could be in for a big one but probably not as big of a game as Saquon could have because that would mean that would be because Houston has the last ranked rush defense. We saw Derrick Henry trample this Houston run D Saquon off a bye has potential to do the same, but I just don't, I don't like betting the giants as a favorite by more than a field goal. I could see them winning this game close. Like they seem to do in all their wins. I prefer the giants as a dog, not a favorite. The, New Orleans Saints, one and a half point favorites going into Pittsburgh. Total is 40 and a half. I was on board with Andy Dalton starting over Winston earlier once Winston was healthy and they kept him on the bench. And I like I thought the, the philosophy was, hey, New Orleans has this elite defense. Let's have the guy who's not going to lose us games in Andy Dalton. <coughs> Sorry. But the Saints' defense is not elite right now. So play Winston. Pittsburgh gets TJ Watt back, which is enormous. Tomlin seems to thrive as a dog. Throughout his career, he's 48-28 and against the spread in this spot. And at home, that makes me lean Pittsburgh. But not a great feel, so I pass. If Dennis Allen does not start Jameis Winston soon... I'm probably going to have Dennis Allen in that poor coaching bracket. I don't know how much longer you can go with Andy Dalton 
and g- think you're giving your chance team a chance to win. I look at it as if Andy Dalton's going to give you 17 points a game. Right now, the New Orleans Saints defense is not playing well enough to justify starting Andy Dalton. Moving on. The Detroit Lions, three-point dogs going into Chicago, taking on my Bears at Soldier Field. Totals 48.5. For once in my life, I am extremely excited about a Bears offense and specifically the quarterback. But people need to slow down a little bit and remember how bad this Bears defense is. Dallas ran all over the Bears, and that was when they had Roquan Smith. Detroit, with a solid offensive line, they should be able to do the same with Williams or Swift. Whoever's in the backfield, I could see the Lions really having success on the ground. The public, 88% of money is on the Bears. That's a clear overreaction to me. There's a good chance this gets to 3.5, maybe 4, which would tempt me to take the Lions just because I think that's line value and an overreaction. Bears have won 7 of the last 8 versus the Lions because, well, they're the Lions. They suck. Everybody beats them. But wait, I'm not betting on bad coaches, so I'm not betting on the current worst coach in the NFL, Dan Campbell. Passing. Cleveland Browns are going into Miami. Spread is three and a half in favor of the Dolphins. Total is 49 and a half. Justin Fields broke the quarterback rushing record versus Miami last week. So the public perception is, oh, what will Cleveland do on the ground versus Miami? However, Miami did a really good job versus the Bears running backs. They held the Bears running backs to under three yards a carry. They're seventh on the season versus the run. So I don't think Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are going to just run all over Miami, especially when you take into account David Njoku is still out. He's one of the best run-blocking tight ends in the league. Denzel Ward is back, though, for the Browns in their secondary. secondary. That's huge versus the number two overall-ranked DVOA offense in Miami. Waddle and Hill, they're hard to slow down. They've been tremendous from the get-go. Ward is back, but JOK is out. He's an outstanding coverage linebacker. That's a big loss. This feels like a tight game. Browns are rested and off a bye, so I lean taking the points, but it's not a strong enough feel for me to lock that in. The Minnesota Vikings are on the road going into Buffalo, taking on Bills Mafia. Current line is Bills minus three. That makes me think Josh Allen isn't playing. He's a question mark, as everybody knows, sprained UCL. So it's real tough to give a read on this game currently. Bills fans might not like hearing this, but if I'm the Bills, I'm resting Josh Allen. It's November 11th, everybody. Happy Remembrance Day. Happy Veterans Day. But it's November 11th, people. Josh Allen is needed in January, and he needs to be 100%. Because if you've watched the Bills this year, They win because Josh Allen is superhuman. If he is not 100%, their odds at winning the Super Bowl go down dramatically. This is an out-of-conference game versus the Vikings. And it's Case Keenum is your backup. He's a more than capable backup. It's not like they're just throwing out some 7th round rookie out there. Case Keenum's a capable backup. And the Vikings remain super overrated to me. I like the Bills minus 3. Whoever's playing quarterback. But I'm not locking in because... Potential for snow. We could have our first snow game of 
the year. Watch out for that. Check the weather report. The Denver Broncos. Two and a half point road underdogs going into Tennessee. Low total here, 38 and a half. They're predicting a defensive battle. I tend to agree with that. Titans are frauds. They have been outgained in seven of their eight games this year. I have no idea how Mike Vrabel is doing this. Pure sorcery, if you ask me. How this team has been outgained seven of eight games and is sitting atop the AFC South. Blows my mind. Hats off to Mike Vrabel. He is an outstanding coach. It's going to be harder this week, though. Jeffrey Simmons and Bud Dupree are out. Those are two guys on the Titans defensive line. And also this defense played 101 defensive snaps last week. With Denver off a bye, this is a great spot for Denver. I'd usually be taking Denver here, but I'm fading pumpkin head coaches. And Mr. Nathaniel Hackett definitely qualifies as a pumpkin. Denver might have found something offensively late versus Jacksonville a couple weeks ago with the hurry up. It worked really, really well. Let's see if they do more of that. And if it's successful, I might look to bet Denver in the future. Alrighty, moving on to the 4 p.m. card now. We have the Indianapolis Colts on the road going into Las Vegas, taking on the Raiders. Raiders, four and a half point favorites. So the two and six Raiders are four and a half point favorites over a three win Colts team. I know Jeff Saturday is a crazy hire, but what do we know about Jeff Saturday? He seems like a Dan Campbell Jr. Seems like an intense guy. I'm going to contradict myself because I'm not a Dan Campbell guy, but I think a motivator is exactly what the Colts need right now. They need a kick in the butt. They need to get their shit together. We don't know Jeff Saturday, but we do know McDaniels is a full-blown clown on the other side. How do you blow... A 17-point lead three different times. I think he's lost the locker room. This team was expected to compete to win this year, the Raiders. I thought that was crazy, but that was the perception in their locker room. They're 2-6. and six. Season is over. I think they give up on their coach. I think the Colts get the game one new coach bump. Give me the Colts plus 4.5. It's on the card. The Rams are taking on the Cardinals. Uh, what's the spread here? We have the Rams currently at one and a half, I believe. Or this game's not even on the board right now, actually. Sorry. That would be because both quarterbacks are questionable. So I'm gonna skip this one. I uh, don't really, can't really give much of a opinion with no quarterbacks listed. I will say, if you are in fantasy, add Kyron Williams if he is available. I expect him to be the lead back going forward for the Rams. All he has to do is average more than two yards a carry, and uh, he should be ahead of Henderson and Akers on the depth chart. Next game would be the Dallas Cowboys. Four and a half point road favorites taking on the Green Bay Packers. Total is 44 and a half. This may surprise some people. But I think there's a big coaching mismatch in this game. Mike McCarthy is actually 12-2-1 against the spread off a bye. 
Also, he has an elite defensive coordinator in Dan Quinn to lean on. So I think if you look at the Cowboys coaching staff as a whole, I like it. They have not, I have not been impressed with LaFleur this season whatsoever. And add in this Green Bay injury report is longer than a cottage weekend grocery list. 17 players are on this injury report. Rashawn Gary, Eric Stokes are out for the year. Dobbs is out this game. Devondre Campbell is out this game. Dallas also has a huge trenches advantage. Their number one in pressure rate so far this season. The Green Bay O-line is unsure what they're getting out of David Bakhtiari. He started last week. He couldn't finish. He's questionable this week. And on the other side of the trenches, Green Bay is 31st versus the run this year. Feed Zeke and Pollard. Give me them Cowboys. I don't mind laying four and a half in Lambeau. This isn't your regular Green Bay Packers. Another team where preseason anticipated to compete. They're not competing. I don't know if they have their full effort here. Give me Dallas minus four and a half. And on to the Sunday nighter. And here we go. This is my bet of the year. I'll start with the number. The San Francisco 49ers are currently seven point favorites over the Chargers. I've locked this in at seven. I feel very comfortable with that. But this is a heavily bet game due to it being Sunday night football. 64% of money is on the Chargers so far. There's a chance this drops below seven by kickoff. I'm taking the seven. I don't blame you if you wait to try for that six and a half. Anyways, here is why I love, love, love San Francisco, and it's my bet of the year. Start with the Chargers offense versus the San Francisco defense. Chargers are not throwing the ball deep whatsoever. Over the last six weeks, Herbert's average depth of target is 5.3 yards, and now Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are both out. That's literally like having a Lamborghini and only driving it in school zones. You're only going 40 clicks. I would say Justin Herbert is behind maybe only Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes when it comes to arm talent. For him to be throwing the ball five yards per attempt, it's embarrassing. San Francisco's defense is getting healthier off the bye, and they rank fifth in defending short passes. Eckler is 13th in the entire NFL in targets. That's a running back who is 13th in the league in targets. Fred Warner is an elite coverage linebacker, and so is his running mate, Drake Greenlaw. I think San Francisco takes these short passes away easily. The Chargers rank 29th at running the ball, and San Francisco ranks 5th at stopping the run. So running the ball on the San Francisco defense isn't going to work either. The Chargers are already down left tackle Rashawn Slater and their right tackle Trey Pipkin hasn't practiced all week. He probably isn't going to play and that's versus San Francisco D-line fifth in pressure rate this year. There will not be a bigger mismatch all year than Storm and Norton versus Nick Bosa. Bosa will feast. San Francisco's offense here. The Chargers are 29th at stopping the run. This Brandon Staley defense, the whole, he's the new cool thing. He's gonna, his defense is going to change the league. 
It's not changing anything if you can't stop the run. And to throw on top of it, they're down their best run-stopping defensive tackle, Austin Johnson. So imagine what Shanahan's run game off a of bye is going to do. It's more time for Christian McCaffrey to get acclimated, even though he's already looked good. Trenches, trenches, trenches. San Francisco has him on both sides of the ball. And also, you could say Cleo Mack could wreck the game. I don't buy that with San Francisco having Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey at tackle. I think they have those the two tackles to combat Khalil. And remember how Shanahan owns McVay? Brandon Staley was with the Rams in 2020. Both wins for San Francisco. In the first contest, Jimmy Garoppolo won the first game with a 91 QBR. That was his second best performance of the season versus a Brandon Staley defense. Then, in the second game, Nick Mullins beat Brandon Staley. Shanahan has a win over Brand, or over Staley with Nick Mullins. Give me a break. It's a bet of the year. We'll look for San Francisco to run, run, run. Kill him with play action because I think Kittle should be able to dominate over the middle as well. Chargers do not have coverage linebackers to handle him. And then who knows what Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk can do with no J.C. Jackson. This is the most confident I've been in a bet all year. I don't really think it's even close, to be honest. Bet of the year, give me San Francisco minus seven. Monday nighter here, we got the Washington Commanders going into Philadelphia, taking on the Eagles at the link NFC East division matchup. Eagles are 10.5 point favorites. Total is 43.5. I don't really have a feel in this game. Eagles, 10.5 point favorite. That feels right to me. The Commanders last week only put up 260 yards of offense versus a much worse Vikings defense. How are they going to attack this Eagles defense? Washington, really the only thing they have going for them would be their pass rush. I believe they are in the top five of pressure rate. But against Philadelphia, that offensive line should be able to keep them at bay. Earlier in the year, Eagles just absolutely blew the doors off Washington. It was 24-0, I believe, uh, in the second quarter. The Eagles didn't even have to play the second half. I could see something similar where the Eagles get out to a big league and Washington backdoors it. I'm not comfortable yet laying anything here. I'm staying away. So that's the week 10 card, folks. Thanks for sticking with me through this cold. To recap, the picks would be Dallas minus four and a half, Tampa Bay minus two and a half, and better the year, San Francisco minus seven. Good luck, everybody.